We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report, Week 11. It's uh, not the best week for us, maybe in terms of fantasy and other stuff. How's it going, Hassan? It's going well. I'm sick as a dog, but we made it. <laughs> so I apologize to anyone who's listening to be stifling. I just, just bear with it. The takes will well be worth your time. This is the kind of commitment we need on the Fantasy Football Report. It's like the Jordan Flu game of podcasts. You can't miss this. Yeah, and, and you know what else you can't miss? Um... You def. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot that we have to actually talk about today, and I'm I'm really excited. But realistically, the first thing, I mean, and it's impossible to not talk about this. But uh, Justin Fields continues to just get it done. Um, you know, not really passing a lot, but getting it done with it with his legs. 18 carries, 85 yards, and a score. I mean, this is like the epitome of um, the Konami code, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, what Fields has been doing over the last few weeks really the last five weeks basically he's been he's been uh really really showing us he's kind of uh, at least on the cusp of that elite tier of quarterbacks if not already there like you're already um you've already got him in the conversation i think you have to with justin herbert probably above joe burrow with guys like that um he did it looks like hurt his shoulder in this game so obviously there's some questions about um, you know, if he has to miss time, what this offense is going to look like without him, probably not very good. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do we think of not only a field's performance, but of what what his absence might mean? What his absence might mean is uh, just remember, like, uh, pre-explosion fields, like, that's what we're going to get. Uh, a lot of very <laughs> uninspired David Montgomery up the gut. Just remember that time you looked in the back of your refrigerator and found like a moldy block of cheese. That's what we're going to get. Yeah. And, and, you know, given that we're coming up on Thanksgiving, hopefully <laughs> everyone's fridges are nice and stocked and you're all ready for a big old feast. But yeah, it's it's going to be sadness, right? Like you can't start Darnell Mooney in the absence of fields, in my opinion. I, I like, I've, I've fortunately got much better options than Mooney um, on, in, in leagues where I've got him. If you don't, you just have to roll with it, unfortunately. Um, but but just just remember, this is still a fairly low flow offense when it comes down through the air, and so if if you see the the Bears trying to shorten it, uh, it's just not it's just not going to end up well. I mean, I, I 
I really am not excited for the Bears Sands Fields. I mean, realistically, he's been this offense. He's the reason why they're winning or why they're losing, but they're like losing in, in a way that's um that should give you hope for the future if you're a Bears fan or just a fan of good offensive football, right? Like, I mean, I mean, the Bears can't go back in time and undo this draft, right? Mm-hmm. They, they can't go back in time and pick one of the elite wide receivers who they should have, right? Um, but you, but you know what, you, but you know what they can do. They can let Justin Fields cook, and they've been doing that. So it's good to see that, like the the fan base has a dedicated quarterback who looks to be like the future. So they don't need to go back back to the well. And it only took them about what a year and a half to let this happen. Um, yeah. Um, now, in the, in the previous two games, Cole Komet has actually had two touchdowns in back to back games, and this week he didn't quite get it done. I mean, part of that is Fields wasn't as productive a passer uh, in this one as we've seen him in, in the last two games. But do you think that was just a blip, those two games, or should we expect to see him bounce back? Not uh, necessarily to that level, but closer to it. No, nah, I think it's a bit of a blip. Like, like I mean, we, we, we've seen them try and make Cole Komet happen, and the fantasy community has tried to make Cole Komet happen, but uh, it's, you know, to... to quote mean girls like we just can't make Cole Komet happen that's the exact <laughs> quote by the way if you guys go back in time and watch, I would just watch that that movie it, that's exactly what she says um, right. uh, so so I just I mean look the the tight end position is an absolute disaster like we're at the point with Dallas Goddard now on on injured reserve but to the point where you're looking at Travis Kelsey and then Mark Andrews and then like just this like golf because there's no there's like you can argue for literally anyone there. And I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and for a while we were optimistic about Kyle Pitts. He, you know, he had five targets today, got three of those for 43 yards, no scores, and then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can't even, I mean, he's sort of been on this cusp. Like one of the questions I had earlier this week was, do I drop Kyle Pitts for Tyler Higby? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this is where we're at. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to get your take on, on, I mean, realistically, what happens with Kyle Pitts? Like, like he, it's, it's, it sounds like he avoided serious ligament injury, but, I mean, what happens? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Pitts is like, it, he's hard to start, but at the tight end position at the same time, there aren't many options. Like, Cole Komet's eight points today probably would have helped a lot of teams, including a lot of mine. So, um, you know, if Pitts is, like, if the, injury isn't serious and he's going to be playing, then it's still going to be tough to trust him. And if he's not going to play, I mean, I guess that means more targets for Drake London. I guess that's a good thing for London in a way. Although what really needs to happen is you either need a coaching change, quarterback upgrade, probably you need both for this, for this, these weapons to kind of have the sort of returns where we're really hoping for. I think a coaching change would be fine, frankly, um, mostly because, I mean, look, we never know what Marcus Mariota could have been, right? Yeah, that's it, true. It, it's a shame because he could have been he could have been Justin Fields, right? He's not he's not as big as him. He probably has a better arm than him. But, yeah. you know, like the fact that he gets 13 carries, 25 yards a score, he's like reasonably accurate through the air. He's not particularly good. He's <laughs> doing what this team needs that needs to be done, which is, I mean, somehow they're winning. But yeah. It's it's this they're winning on variance, right? Like when you run this much and you run bleed that much clock off, variance is going to be your friend, and that's what they've embraced. Yeah. It's just so weird that they've stockpiled some of these elite wide receivers only for them to to just bound the rock and really not 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 throw the ball, right? Yeah, 
that's i think a lot of that has to do do with coaching yeah no that's definitely uh, that's definitely the main the main culprit here is that their game plan is not suited to making these guys into you know fantasy stars um and it doesn't look like there's doesn't look like they want to change that so unless we unless we get a new <clears throat> a new coach here i think i think pitts is going to be hard to trust even if he is healthy and if he's not you know honestly like you say okay that means more targets for drake for london but i mean when london and i don't know michael pruitt are the only guys on the field like you can't play any of them yeah i mean i mean with london you're gonna go from what three targets to six yeah like like and what is it like, targets because they're gonna be all he's gonna have like, yeah 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 pretty much uh, i mean it's just it's just gonna be pain all around right um yeah. you know Wanted to talk, uh, jump a little bit over to the to the Browns Bills. The game was moved uh, to a neutral field. Um, uh, it, it's a bit of a shame because I really want, uh, in, in my heart of hearts, I knew it was dangerous <laughs> to play to, to to play at Orchard Park. But it would have been very funny watching a bunch of these players who are all shorter than six feet try to run through the snow. Um, Devin Singletary shorter than six <laughs> feet. Kareem Hunt shorter than six feet. Nick Chubb, I believe, is also shorter than six. So you know you'd get these uh, these very funny little snow trails, right? <laughs> um, uh, to that end, to just just imagining that it's like, the, it's like, have you ever watched the Amazon Prime Vision Thursday night thing where they trace yeah, the route? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. It's like through the snow in real time. It'd be like uh, it'd be our own little snow tracer, right? Yeah, uh, you'd have to throw a bunch of bodies at these. At this massive bank of snow to make something happen, but uh, you know, I guess I guess fortunate that something uh, you know that they moved it over. They were all able to play. They got this game in. Uh, what really struck me a little bit, um, and this was the game that I actually watched, uh, was the Browns appeared to be the better team, and yet they couldn't win, which is sad. <laughs> um, uh, Josh Allen post uh, injury is you know continues to look off. I would say not particularly bad, but definitely off. Um, he's also not running a lot. He yeah. uh, he completed 18 of his 27 passes for 197 yards and a score. Also, only rushed three times for seven yards. Um, what really stands out to me, in all honesty, in this game is the fact that they actually use their running backs like running backs, right? Devin Singletary had 18 carries for 86 yards and a score. James Cook, 11, 11 carries, 86 yards, no scores, but he looked like the better runner. So, Blair, my, mm-hmm. my question to you is, is it finally James Cook time? Yeah, it might be. Um, it's weird they're, the way they've been using him all season. Um, you you know, when he came in, we were kind of hoping he was going to take the uh, pass-catching role. He had two targets in this one, which was the same as Singletary. So it's not quite materialized yet, but I think with how, <clears throat> how efficient a runner he was today, they probably are going to be looking for other ways to get the ball in his hands. So hopefully that means more carries, but especially more targets for uh, Cook. And I mean, you know, they brought in Naheem Hines, but barely used him at all today. I think he had one carry and one target. Yeah, one carry for negative eight yards. Um, <clears throat> Duke Johnson, not a factor in this game. I don't even know if he was active. Uh, but yeah, I think this is definitely, it's definitely looking like this is time for Cook to earn some more work. And I think after this performance, the coaches would notice that. So I'm I'm optimistic for sure. Yeah, it's because I mean, realistically, with, with I mean, Allen wasn't on the injury report, but you can tell he's not a hundred percent. So it would yeah. it would make sense to not have Allen take those 
big hits up the middle when he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. When you've got two explosive, I mean, I mean, James Cook, frankly, looked very explosive today. Like, I don't know if you watched it or not, but he looked very explosive. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of this game. I saw some highlights, but he definitely looked, you know, I mean, if you're seeing highlights of him, they look good. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, you can tell by the efficiency that he's, that he's playing well on the ground. So, um, you know, a lot of these long runs stand out in coaches' minds. Yeah, one of the big things, at least to me, was the fact that they didn't really have to rely on Diggs. It felt like they were really trying to get Gabe Davis going here. Mm-hmm. He had seven targets, got five of them for 68 yards and no scores. Stephon Diggs only had five targets, got four of them for 48 yards and a score. In fact, he actually dropped one of the, one of the unfortunately, one of the, well, he actually dropped a second touchdown or he could have had a much bigger day. Dawson Knox was the most productive receiver they had here. Seven targets, seven catches, 70 yards, seven, 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 right? In, in a sense. Um, I'm not too concerned about Diggs. Frankly, this is like a blip. He was due to somewhat, somewhat yeah. while back. But, but man, um, in in your opinion, Gabe Davis, right? Like, this is what he does. But he's not really like. Is this really what you expected out of a guy going so high? Yeah, I think you you really expected more. We've obviously seen the kind of explosive games that he's been able to have, but they're really um, few and far between at this point. I think. After his playoff game, you expected him to kind of take the next step forward. And that hasn't really happened. Um, He's obviously getting on the field a lot more than he was last year and getting some more opportunity. But he hasn't necessarily been able to turn it into uh, production yet. So, yeah, I think obviously if you if you drafted him in the third round, you're pretty, pretty upset, pretty disappointed with what you got out of him. you know, he's someone who I've liked since he came into the league, but it doesn't look like he's maybe as uh, as talented as we thought. Um, yeah, I hesitate to say that because there's a lot a lot going on here with Allen's injury. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, even before he was injured, like, like Diggs just draws so many targets. I mean, like, realistically, Gabe Davis is probably a better real-life NFL player than a fantasy pick, right? And especially at that ADP because mm-hmm. um, he really opens up the inside of the field, but frankly, Diggs can do it without that guy, right? Like, like that's the thing is, is that is that Diggs doesn't necessarily necessarily need like a number two, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we saw him like, uh, so that's like that's something that I find I find personally to be a little bit interesting. I mean, like my friend of the show Ben Gresh made a really good point about Gabe Davis and that his ADP was definitely going to be depressed if he was a in your home league as opposed to as opposed to one of the sharper leagues. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I mean. It's a good point about Diggs because last year you didn't have Davis. You didn't really have anyone in kind of this deep role. You had no. Cole Beasley as the. Is that right? I don't even remember who they had. They had Knox. They had Knox. They had, yeah, Nox, they, had they had like a just a bunch of guys. Like it's, it's hard. It's hard to really explain who they <laughs> had. Right. Um. On the other side of the football, this is it. This is the end for Jacoby Brissett as a starter. Mm-hmm. He acquitted himself kind of nicely here, 28 for 41, uh, 28 completions for 41 attempts, 324 yards and three scores. Both of our boys, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, went off. Yeah. Cooper with the 12 targets, eight catches, 113 yards and two scores. Donovan Peoples-Jones, six targets, five catches, 61 yards and two scores. So, uh, I mean, obviously they were helped by the fact that they were trailing and then also playing in a dome. What are your expectations now for these guys? I mean, with Deshaun Watson, right? Like sky, Like, sky's the limit? Yeah, I mean, you could see Watson putting up the kind of numbers that that Brissett had 
today on a much more regular basis than Brissett was. So I think um, we know that Watson can support two really good receivers. I don't know if Peoples Jones is quite at the level of like a Will Fuller. If you're thinking of Cooper as the as a nuke, as the yeah Hopkins, but um, but I definitely think that we could see more games like this where both these guys go off with Watson playing. And I think, you know, at the very least, you have Brissett saying, hey, if, if something happens to Watson, I'm, yeah, still, right. I'm still a good option for something. Yeah, and the other thing is is that um, I think this wide receiver core is actually probably one of the better ones that uh, like Watson has had a chance to play with, right? Like, it's not going to be the, to, to that end, Watson's like more elite um, – Two wide receivers when they were both healthy at the time were Nuke and Will Fuller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's also going to get two very viable pass catching tight ends. Njoku returned today. Yeah. He showed off his massive hops: um, three targets, uh, two catches, uh, seventeen yards. Uh, one of them was this massive. Like he hurdled a defender, showing that he looked to be pretty pretty healthy. But Harrison Bryant actually saw seven targets, got four of those for forty one yards, right? So you you've got these safety blankets, and also David Bell is coming on, you know. Five, yeah. He had five targets, got four for 22 yards. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him because he's someone that we were kind of high on as a as a receiving prospect. And obviously, you know, I think this might be his his top scoring game from yeah. a fantasy perspective. So he hasn't really shown us anything yet. Obviously, you know, we can't expect everyone to come out of the gate um, blazing like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or something. But no. Um, but he's yeah, fine. For, but he's fine for who he is, right? Like he was. He's going to be buried on this depth chart. He's someone I'm definitely going to be in on in a second year wide receiver bump. I mean, you'd be you'd be kind of nuts to discount that a little bit. He's probably going to go fairly low because not a lot of people will be counting on him. Is my hope. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's a good sign that he's gotten five targets in back to back games. I think if he if he keeps up this level of like six points a game the rest of the way, and he doesn't show us some kind of explosion, then it's going to be hard for me to, you know, to click draft on his name when the time comes. But keep in mind, I'm when I, when I think of like David Bell, I'm thinking 14th, 15th, 16th round. Yeah. Right. Like fire yeah. territory. Yeah. So I don't think that it would like, that's where a lot of like opponents are picking washed veterans. Right. So here, like, like, would you rather have, um, man, what's his name? Kendrick Bourne or David Bell next year? <laughs> I've never drafted Kendrick. You never will. Um, but, <laughs> no, but yeah, but, probably like, not true. But yeah, I see yeah. your point. Yeah, you see, or, or Isaiah McKenzie versus David Bell, right? Like, like you, yeah, you, right. You, you're getting to the, to the, oh, dear God, I need someone, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, if he's, if, he's an, if he's that kind of price, then for sure. I mean... He doesn't have to do a lot in year one for you to still be intrigued in year two. I mean, we've seen guys come on from come out of nowhere, DJ Chark or something, do nothing yeah. in their rookie year and then come out of nowhere. So it's not impossible, but you would hope to see at least one game where he's, you know, oh yeah, we're, we're yeah, getting a hundred yards or a touchdown or something. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One guy I did want to talk about, I mean, I guess it's the whole team we need to talk about. I've, uh, I mean... Well, Jamal Williams had two touchdowns again today. No, he had three touchdowns. Three. He had three. 64 yards for three touchdowns on the ground. No targets. Justin Jackson also had a decent game. DeAndre Swift is like the, uh, the odd man out here. Um, I don't know. What are you doing if you have if you have DeAndre Swift on your team and he's active? I've been playing him. Yeah. Uh, I've just been like I've just been like weeping, but I've been playing him. Yeah. I mean, he's still getting targets, right? Yeah, but like, like, my real big question is if he's truly hurt, what is going on? You know, why is he playing? Why is he playing? Like, let, let him get healthy, right? Um, because I mean, to that end, he's still gonna see targets. It just they like Jamal Williams had like two routes run last week and zero, like for the week before that. Like, he's really not like the pass catching guy. We know Justin Jackson also isn't a pass catching guy, he was in from mop up duty. Um, they're still letting Swift catch these balls. It's just so weird because he's playing he's not really on the injury report or not no one's really talking about it that much mm. and then it's like this is what you get i mean i mean jamal williams is playing great like he's been he's been a true uh in my opinion he's been a league winner where you had to take him and then you're just sort of getting this loot like all, like all the short yardage work in the green zone right and he's been in incre- like and don't get me wrong he's been incredibly incredibly lucky to convert all of these opportunities that he's seeing but the fact that he continues to see this kind of work, but that also delivers is very sticky. So it means like yeah. if you're starting Swift, you're doing the same with Dalvin Cook, where you're hoping for these big plays. Yeah. And and Swift hasn't looked like himself, which is a real shame because we know how explosive he can be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, he did have the touchdown today, which kind of saved you if you ended up starting him, which I'm sure most people did if they had him. Um, only three targets, but Goff only attempted 26. So it's, in terms of target share, it's uh, decent. So, you know, if if it ends up being a situation where you have Jamal Williams getting most of the carries and Swift getting most of the targets, that's not ideal for where you drafted Swift. But it's something you can probably, hopefully you can live with if, if you're strong enough elsewhere. Yeah, I, I I think I'm really not, but I just have to live with it because there's not yeah, much right. I can do. You know, there's not there's not much you can do, right? Like, um, you can try it, and you like even if you like, you can you will strike out in waivers. Unfortunately, you get pockets of production, 
but you know, as you go to the bye week crunch, it's very difficult to. I mean, I can't, I can't play Etienne or Kenneth Walker, any of these like guys who I've been playing because they're not there. They're not options. Yeah. Right. Like, like you're not. You if if you just don't have any other better op, op opportunities, you're not going to get there. I mean, and and then on the other hand, you had Saquon Barkley, who after a very hot start, just really cooled off. Daniel Jones, uh, seven carries, fifty yards, and a score. Completed 27 of his 44 attempts for 341 yards and a score. He also had two ins, which is a bit sad. Um, but, I mean, the he got the whole offense going. Yeah. James got going. Darius Slayton got going. And then, of course, Wondell Robinson, uh, nine, got nine of his 13 targets for 100 yards, and then he got hurt. So, Blair, like, this is a real, real bummer and a setback for Wondell. And, like, I was really rooting for him to come on. It is, for sure. I didn't see this uh, injury, but it didn't. It didn't sound like it was uh, like a good news. Um, and obviously the Giants play on Thanksgiving Day, so it seems like there's a real risk of him missing at least one game, possibly more, um, right as he's starting to starting to come on uh, in a big way. So that's, that's a real bummer. Um, and it seems like, you know, well... I don't know, hard to say. It seems like he was helping their offense too, even though they only put up 18, 18 points today. But as you said, they had a lot of guys getting there in different ways. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this offense works without him if guys like Slayton and Richie James can actually step up, make something happen if they try and rely more on Saquon. Um, but obviously a big bummer for Mondale if he's, if he's kind of seriously hurt. Yeah, and he's a guy who I'm genuinely expecting that that's a guy who's going to see a massive second year bump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he, like you're going to have to if you want Wandale next year, my best guess is you're going to have to draft him in the 8th. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. I think even assuming this injury is not too bad, like even if he misses uh, you know, several games and has kind of a shortened season and you don't get to see a lot of him in the second half. I think he's done enough this season that a lot of drafters will have, you know, will remember uh, how explosive he looked in some games and say, okay, if we can get that for a full season, this guy's a league winner. And that's yeah. probably right. You know, he's worth it maybe in the eighth, I think, at this point. He's, I think he's worth that. I mean, it's like where people were taking Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. They're taking him. Yep. They're, and then, and then Kadarius Tony got steamed way up. Yeah. Right. And now you're getting bailed out by the fact that Kadarius Tony is a cheat. I mean, yeah. and and build out is still a hypothetical, right? <laughs> right, right. Like with with Juan Dale, we've seen, unlike Darius Tony, where you got like these massive, uh, in just mind bending like efficiency and 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 end results. Like with like with Juan Dale, when he's been healthy, he's been putting together and stringing together these very solid weeks where you could see him doing it week in week out as your number one possession receiver, kind of like a mm. Jarvis Landry would, right? Mm, yeah, and so and so. I mean, that's kind of who, like, he's like 5'8", 185, you know, like, he's not gonna, he's not like a Jamar Chase type of, type of guy, but that's, and that's who you're getting. I mean, and he's good, you know, he's not bad. Right. Yeah, well, that's a good comp. Landry, yeah. Well, he's, uh, I think, quite a bit faster than Landry, too. So. He is. He is. Landry's the guy I had in my mind for David Bell, but they both sort of yeah. fit that archetype really, really yeah. well, like a possession receiver. Um, right. Shorter possession receiver, because, like, Keenan is kind of a bigger possession receiver, but, right, um, right, right. uh, not much else to really talk about in this game. Sun God remains Sun God. Yeah, I did want to get your thoughts on. We had some news on Jamison Williams this week because he's close to being able to return 
Um, I think Dan Campbell said they're looking at week 13 uh, for his return. Do you think he can come in and have an impact right away? I kind of doubt it. I think they're going to it's more like they're going to get him as like first NFL reps and stuff. I really am not expecting a lot out of Jamison Williams this year. Like week 13 is very late to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a lot of these guys returning from ACL tears take a lot, like take a few games to really get back on on track. So I think for them, it's very important to just get him some playing time, right? Like I'll be pleasantly surprised if he does pop off, just to, yeah. be, to be clear. But for everyone who's been stashing them in their IR and then it's like, oh, my wide receiver problems are going to be solved now that Jamison <laughs> Williams is back. That's not going to, that, that is not, that is not the case. Right. Like, like, like he is, he is definitely a guy who you want on your best ball teams because of where he was going. And then outside of that, if you're starting him in, the, in, in like the high leverage weeks in fantasy football, something's gone. And I'm sorry, something's gone very horribly wrong for you. <laughs> well, that goes without saying, but yeah, I'm not necessarily one of those see it to believe it analysts, but like I am big on see it to believe it with a guy, a rookie wide receiver coming off his first ACL tear. I think if something's gone that wrong for me, and to be clear, it has in a lot of leagues, I'm starting Williams just for shit. For fun, sports. right? Yeah. But like, but like, I think if you have an option, like you're not, you're not like, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're like 500 and, and you're a favorite, there's no way you're starting Jamison Williams to like, you know, down the stretch. Yeah. Forecast favorite, I should say. <laughs> um, I want to move on from this game just a little bit because another another rookie receiver today. I mean, Chris Olave popped right off, got five of his six targets for 102 yards and a score. Where are you drafting Chris Olave next year? That is a good question. Olave has been um, kind of. I mean, honestly, I'd have to look at this, but he's been among the best rookie receivers of the season um, in terms of actual like fantasy output. I think um, I think you could make an argument for taking him as early as the fifth round. And I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be in on him at that price or slightly earlier, but I, I don't hate that. I mean, if you're expecting a second-year bump from a guy who's put up, you know, multiple hundred-yard games, who's consistently among the league leaders in air yards, like fourth or fifth round doesn't seem that crazy. Well. Yeah, that's aggressive, but I think you're. I think you're right. I think, I think that that's where he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what like it's hard to think of guys who have done, who have had kind of um, as consistent rookie years as he has, as solid. You know, it's not like he's had that blow up game. Apart from even, I mean, even in week three, when he put yeah. up 147 yards, that was only he didn't score a touchdown. So his fantasy output was. 24 points, almost 23.7. And um, outside of that, he hasn't really had a big explosive game yet. So there's definitely some, some reason to be cautious, but I mean, you know, the touchdowns are a little bit fluky. We've seen him get the yardage and we know he's getting the opportunity in terms of air yards and uh, weighted opportunity. So, and he's doing it regardless of who's on the center, right? Mm -hmm. Jameis and Dalton. Yeah. So I mean, Make of that what you will. I, I do think that that's a fair price. Um, if you want to move on, I wanted to quickly talk about the way the Broncos just blew this game. Yeah. Um, that's a, I mean, <laughs> Devontae Adams is an absolute savant, right? Like, I mean, he 13 targets, seven catches, 141 yards, two scores, uh, 36 yard yarder, 35 yarder in overtime to win it. 
Yeah. Derek Carr had an absolute pedestrian game right until the end. Um, completed 23 of his 37 passes for 307 yards and two scores. I mean, Devontae Adams accounted for a lot of that, and the fact that they were even in it was because of how incredibly good Adams has looked today. Yeah. Um, and there were reports that the, that, that the Raiders are going to move on from him too, right? Carr, I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I guess you can kind of see it just because he's been a little underwhelming this season and the Raiders haven't necessarily been uh, been winning a ton of games with him um, in a division that is looking like it's a little bit easier than, than we expected coming into the season, you know, a little bit weaker than we thought it would be outside of the Chiefs. So, you know, I from a fantasy perspective, Carr is someone that I was drafting a lot late. He got, you know, his price got steamed up a lot kind of in the middle of the off season. So he was a, four, he was like, he was QB 14. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, that could be right. I'm thinking that like, I remember getting him in like the 12th round, 13th round earlier in the off season. And it could just be that all quarterbacks were getting steamed up. They all the got, I mean, they honestly, they all got steamed up, right? Because yeah. this was an off season where people were taking quarterbacks really friggin' early, like, like incredibly early. And then, and then all of a sudden, the elite tier is long gone. Mm-hmm. And then guys who theoretically had some upside suddenly. I mean, like, there's a reason why Trey Lance was going where he was going, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and when you could have gotten Justin Fields like four and a half rounds later, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's, and that's sure that sounds a little bit like hindsight bias ish, right? But like, had we, like, you know, we were forced to pick these guys where we did. I mean, I mean, Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady's ADPs were undefensible this offseason. At yeah. the time, and, and like, and in hindsight, you could have gotten Tua as QB 16, 17, 18, right? Right. And I guess you and that was free money. Of- I think, I think, I think Tua is like twenty eight percent owned on, on, on uh, across all my teams. Mm. So, like, that was free. Like, he's my most owned or my most rostered quarterback. Um, Thanks. My most rostered receivers are Drake London and and, and the other guy, Sky Moore. It's not, that's not working out. No, but I mean, we don't have to go into my entire exposures list. But I was just saying that there was certain value in waiting as long as you hit the right guy. Yeah, yeah, and I think you could lump Carr into those into that group with Brady and Stafford, where it's guys who um, are they don't have the rushing upside necessarily, and uh, you know. And you're pretty disappointed with how they're be, how they've been playing, and obviously you would have preferred Tua or Fields or or anyone. So you know, at a, at a certain point, with the elite quarterbacks going way up, it pushes the price of all quarterbacks up, and you can kind of make a case that the elite quarterbacks are worth drafting at that price, whereas you can't necessarily make a case for the next tier, even at a lower price than the elite guys, but at an elevated price from where they should be. Yeah, it's. And even Kirk did not. I mean, we can talk about it now because it looks like that game is slowly coming to an end. Yep, it's over. So, so Kirk Cousins is the next guy there. He, I looks like they put Nick Mullins in because this is mop up duty. So, <laughs> you know, twelve for twenty three, hundred and five yards, no scores. Just got just got rocked, man. The, the Cowboys is pass rush completely clamped down on them. They uh, the Vikings lost forty to three at home. Um, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take say too much because like the Vikings were due for a horrible loss like this, considering they've had some very, very lucky wins. Yeah. Um, uh, Hawkinson nine targets, caught five of them for 34 yards. Justin Jefferson five targets, three for 33. 
Dalvin Cook did a lot of, you know, a lot of empty calories there too for him, not a lot of targets. But, I, you know, I mean, I really wanted to talk about, one, Dak Prescott looked bad, man. Like, he didn't look particularly good, but he didn't have to because it looked kind of weak anyway, attacking attacking the Vikings. Yeah. But it was Tony Pollard is really – this is a real story here. 15 mm-hmm. carries, 80 yards, six targets, six catches, 109 yards, and two scores. And yet, you know, this team continues to, to, to give a lot of high leverage work to Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I mean, it's. I guess it's encouraging. Uh, it could mean a number of different things that Pollard and Elliott got the same number of carries. Like maybe that means Elliott is not uh, fully healthy still, um, but maybe it means the Cowboys are kind of finally realizing what they have in Pollard, or finally realizing that um, Zeke's Zeke's kind of on the uh, tail end of his career, um, but. Yeah, I think it's. I think you got to be encouraged by at least that kind of touch split. If you're, yeah, someone who owns Pollard. I mean, obviously, you love thirty six point nine fantasy points. Can't argue with that. But um, you know, it's probably, hopefully, it's a little bit like when Jerry Jones says, "Oh, we're just going back to Zeke." He's actually either bluffing or doesn't have the doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I think it's fine if they're going back to Zeke, right? Because we don't know what he truly means, right? Yeah. He could just mean we're going back to Zeke as a primary ball carrier between the twenties. I don't care about that. Yeah, we all we, we all know like the best thing that like Zeke's got going from there is like three yards and falling down, right? Yeah, yeah. Like realistically, I I as 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 a guy who's rostered a lot of Pollard, I am personally very happy with the receiving usage and the fact that he just gets a ton of green zone work. Yeah, right. Like, even if he's gonna, you know, even if he's losing red zone work to Zeke, that's kind of Zeke's job. Like I would much rather not have Pollard uh, take unnecessary hits through the tackles, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I would much rather have Pollard as this guy who they get. I mean, like in this Eckler light role, really, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially lately, when you've had Eckler kind of focusing a lot more on the receiving and giving up those rushing touches too. Isaiah the likes of Isaiah and Michelle and all the yeah. other guys, right? Yeah, and it hasn't, except for last week, it hasn't really hurt Eckler that much. Like he's still been able to score touchdowns. So, and that and but, that's and that's irrelevant of the league that you're in, mm-hmm. right? Standard scoring, he's been doing well. Half yep. PPR, he's doing well. PPR, he's doing well. Yeah, that in premium, he's doing well, right? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's exactly right. So even if Pollard, even if you give up the low value touches to to Zeke. Pollard can still be uh, a smash. Absolutely, uh, I'm I'm a very 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 like I'm 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 personally I'm very very content with this kind of split. Um, yeah, I mean, like outside of this, the only other notes I really had were, and it's you know going back to some of the earlier games, but really the the Eagles' wattage has gone out a little bit. Jalen Hurts still looks very very good. Neither of the you know receivers got much i mean they were due for some incredibly overfraught uh touchdown regression it looks like zach's uh it looks like jeff saturday is doing a really good job getting his guys ready to play mm-hmm. um i think the big the big takeaway for this for me is one the eagles really are giving up a lot on the ground and two jonathan taylor is coming into form at the wrong uh, like well wrong or right time depends <laughs> right? he had he had one very long touchdown run which i thought was kind of cool yeah. Um, he had 22 carries, 84 yards, and a score. He's also got so got three of his four targets for 10 yards, right? So, what are your expectations for JT going forward? And do you think the Eagles will be back at just their scoring at their breakneck pace? Uh, I'm pretty bullish on Taylor. I was hoping that 
with you know them trading Hines and also going back to Matt Ryan that you'd see him get more involved in the passing game. And I think to a certain extent that happened. I mean, Ryan threw more to the running backs than Ellinger did, but you had Deion Jackson taking four targets, uh, which is kind of a bummer if you're, if you're hoping on a big game from Taylor. Um, but I'm still pretty optimistic uh, in terms of the Eagles. I think, like you said, some regression should have been expected. I mean, they were playing at a pretty high level before. Hertz looked good rushing the ball. He wasn't as good passing the ball. And I think it would be, I think it's fair to say he was overperforming as a passer earlier in the season. Um, so some of this is expected. I think they're probably, you know, <laughs> I think they're more than, they're better than, you know, beating the Colts by, by one. Uh, so, um, you know, I don't know if uh, the the undefeated team we saw in the first half of the season is the real Eagles. It's probably not, but it's probably closer to where they can play or where they should be playing than um, team that loses to Washington and uh, beats the Colts by one. Although Washington hasn't looked bad either lately. We could talk about that game, actually, just because of, I mean, you want to talk about exposures, fantasy exposures. Have you ever had your top exposure guy be someone who was cut in the middle of the season uh who oh is it oh my goodness yeah you know man yeah. um <laughs> talk about pain he was inactive today too yeah um we're i mean we're, we're talking about like true pain there with you know it's just such a shame uh frankly damien pierce looked bad today um if, right. if you want to talk about if, if you really want to talk about you know what we saw like we know we know washington are a very good unit at stopping the run but man, this was like Damian Pierce um, exposed, right? Like ten carries, eight yards, zero, zero, uh, zero, whatever. Three targets, uh, two catches for nine yards. This is like, I'm not like. I mean, it's gonna sound like, oh, this guy is this guy is all about just pumping his own bags and you know, talking about Eno or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, if you don't know that that's what the show is already. Then what do you uh, look, man? Like. I don't. Okay, we okay. We we gotta talk about this just a little bit because Eno's got to be more talented than Dari Ogunbowale and Rex Burkhead. I don't care if this man doesn't know the playbook. I don't care if this man literally doesn't know what plays are. One, the Cardinals did him dirty. Two, I think he's got a lot more talent. Like they should try to find some way to get him on the field at least, right? If beggars can't be choosers, they got very lucky with their Brandon Cooks output. Six targets, three catches, 70 yards. His longest reception was 41 yards. He's been more of a part-time player since that little falling out they had. And quite frankly, the fact that Washington were covering him with a linebacker was why he was able to get that much work like, <laughs> or, 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 or produce that much, right? So, yeah. so you're looking at um, a team that, in my personal opinion, well, one, they're going to move on from Davis Mills, right? Like, this is just unacceptable garbage. Um, for 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 Washington, honestly, the 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 Taylor Heineke, he's a fine bridge quarterback, but the wheels are falling off, folks. The wheels are falling off. Um, uh, I was uh, oh for you're talking like, about the Commanders, the yeah for Heineke, yes. Okay, he's uh playing at least two standard deviations better than his actual expectation, and a lot of this has to do with. Uh, a handful of soft opponents. Mm-hmm. He still gets a soft opponent this week in the Falcons. 
and then two against the Giants and 49ers and the Browns to close it out than the Cowboys. So you're going to see this massive regression monster, right? Yeah. I mean, Washington's been winning some games, so you don't see them, like, especially with the Eagles, well, with them beating the Eagles and the Eagles maybe not looking that good. Um, like, it seems like they're still live to get a playoff spot, um, depending on how everyone plays down the stretch. I mean, two games against the Giants, if they can win, then they're right in that thing. So you don't see them giving up on the season. And I think that's kind of what it would take for them to finally go to Sam Howell. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's fine. Like they, like they're okay. Continuing to run Heineke out there. It's not going to be the end of the world for them. They need to win. Right. I guess you said, I'm just saying that there is going to be a reckoning coming for them soon because they have been playing well. That their schedule does toughen up a little bit. So they are going to be dealing with issues. Yeah. Right, it's not. It's, it's it's not. When it happens, I don't know, but I sure as hell, for the love of my, for the sake of my superflex teams, am happy that um, Geno Smith is coming back. So I've got a more reliable second option. <laughs> right. Um, what I will say though is uh, with McKissick now in IR, it looks like we're, yeah. it's the Antonio Gibbs season that we always hoped for. Finally. Um. Yeah, all my all my tenth place uh, best ball teams with Antonio Gibson are excited. <laughs> They're gonna finish in ninth now. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna get that late season push. Yeah, I don't know if this is uh, something to do with Heineke or I mean, he only attempted twenty seven passes today, which you can get away with against Houston. Um, so, like three targets on twenty seven attempts is not is pretty good. Uh, well, maybe it's not pretty good, but it's fine. But, yeah, in some of these tougher games that, that Washington has coming up, um, you can see Gibson definitely getting a lot more targets and uh, and uh, hopefully turning into uh, something useful. You know, we, we have touted him before on the site as, like, the next David Johnson. I don't necessarily see that happening. But uh, I mean, he resembles a lot like the current, like, I guess, late career David Johnson. <laughs> current David Johnson. Current David Johnson. <laughs> current David Johnson's on the Saints, man. Is he? Yeah. He's All back. Right. Um, okay. uh, the, the the Cincinnati Bengals just wrapped up their win over the Steelers. Um, only note there I've got really is Pickens went off, four, uh, four, got four of his six targets for 83 yards. Uh, the team has been saying that they got rid of Claypool for Pat Freermuth. That, that really came true today. 12 targets, got mm-hmm. eight of those for 79 yards. Unfortunately, this came at the ex- expense of Deontay Johnson, only got four of his five five targets for 21 yards. Uh, I really wanted to talk a little bit about Joe Mixon. He got hurt, had yeah. a concussion, poor yeah. guy. And uh, today was a Samaji Pirine show. Uh, you guys are going to hate this, but um, 11 carries, 30 yards. Um, caught four off his four targets for 52 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I hate it. Thank you. I could have really used a little bit of that towards D. Higgins. Got, 13 of his nine tar- got nine of his 13 targets for 148 yards. So um, I guess for as long as as long as Joe Mixon's out, man, Samaji Piran's plug and play, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, he kind of picked it, picked up right where right where Mixon left off, actually, with these multiple touchdown games. So yeah, this offense, I guess, loves giving touchdowns to running backs, and we gotta take advantage of that any way we can. If you were reading Sean's work, Sean's zero RB playbook, you knew to pick up Piran this week. So. Shout out there. Yeah, I mean, he just... Like, he, already like, own him. In all, 
in all honesty, Sean is just a, like for everyone who's listening, he's just a time traveler from the future. He just comes home, travels back, gives you the answers to the test next week. And if you're just not doing what he says, <laughs> I mean, that's like that's kind of on you, man. Like, like maybe, maybe just do what he says, <laughs> right? Um, I do want right. to ask about uh, about these Pittsburgh receivers, Pickens and Fryermuth, and where where you think you might have them next year, where you might draft them next year. Because they're both, you know, not doing a ton, but they're kind of both showing flashes that if this offense were a little bit better, if Pickett could take a little step forward in year two, these guys could maybe go off. Oh, that's a good question. Um, All right, so I think in this scenario, I would want – Pickens would probably be a fourth, fifth round pick, right? So at the four or five turn, that's where I expect his ADP to settle. I think – I think Deontay Johnson is going to go. I think they're all going to be in that fourth, fifth round tier, right? Because these are all very talented wide receivers as standalone players. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, the way I see this working out for them is the market's not going to know what to do. And they're just going to go bam, 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 like back to back to back, right? Because mm-hmm. I can see Pat Frymuth going as high as DE5 or DE6 next year. Right? Yeah. So you'd have him like ahead of Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson might go TE5. So mm-hmm. I think I think I think you go Kelsey or Mandrews Kelsey, right? Mandrews Kelsey. I think Pitts is gonna retain remain where he is, especially if they if, if the Falcons get a new wide receiver, like a new tight end. I mean a new new quarterback. What am I saying? Yeah. Then it's gonna be some combination of Goddard, Hawkinson, Frybooth. Yeah. Right? Like like that's like that's how I think it would shake out. So you think all those guys hop Kittle and Waller. I mean Waller. I forgot about Kittle. It's um, hard to I mean, Waller's been hurt and hasn't played well, so you could definitely see him dropping down. I can see, I can see. Oh man, I can see Kittle as kind of the tie break, like kind of the chair break. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, really, no tight ends have been kind of playing up to where you expected. Fryermuth is really a kind of a bright spot. uh, Yeah, especially after today with these twelve targets, and he's been getting the targets for several weeks. uh, Yeah, and, and, and. and the Steelers moved Claypool to make room for mm-hmm. for Frymouth, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think if you're getting him at like D eight, big time discount on him mm-hmm. right there. Like mm-hmm. that's like a massive mistake by drafters. Yeah, because some, but I mean, I, I get it because like who else are you going to take ahead of him? So yeah, you're right. With, you're right with Kittle. So Kittle, I could see as probably as a D three, right? Right. Um, I forgot about him. Honestly, Waller is probably not in the conversation anymore. Uh, sadly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's fine for us because I think you'd want Waller as your, back, as your second tight end, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, obviously, Gerald Everett has been playing pretty well. Um, sometimes he's not going to be playing tonight, but um, yeah, but you can't have him in over some of these guys, yeah, right? Because he really needed he really needed Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out of the picture to do much, yeah, no, that's true. Um, so speaking of which, uh, we should get into our predictions or like our fun, our fun facts for the evening. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're looking at, as a, as a reminder, we do this before the, the, the Sunday night and the Monday night games kick off. So what are you expecting to see here from the Chiefs Chargers tonight? Um, and then, oh God, Niners Cardinals without Kyle Murray. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're all going to be kind of interesting. Chiefs obviously are without Juju. Cole Hardman is on IR. You kind of hope this is like a, a coming out party for Kadarius Tony. If it's going to happen, it's probably going to be tonight. Oh, you and everybody else, man. 
Mm-hmm. That's what you're hoping if you're, yeah. you're drafting him. I mean, I don't know. I, I uh, I'm kind of hoping we see a little bit of sky, but like that that dream is that totally nice. that dream is totally dead. Um, yeah, I've kind of given up on that. And obviously, I mean, Jones is not going to play again. Ronald yeah. Jones, that is. So kind of um, this morning or last night, I was looking at picking up uh, a running back. I think uh, yeah. I wanted to pick up Keontae Ingram in a pretty deep league. And you should. Jones, uh, was, uh... Jones was sitting there, you know, 10 straight inactives. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I think it's time. Yeah, you just gotta, yeah, you got to move on. Um, so I did it. I'm excited to see what you know Justin Herbert looks like with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back. Like yeah, we haven't sure. seen this in a while. There, so Keenan Allen is on a snap count. Um, I'm optimistic that Mike Williams can make it through the entire game. Uh, there's been a lot of like really bad discourse, I think, around Justin Herbert. Uh, I mean, like uh, everyone's like dogging on him for not being as elite as some of these like really good <laughs> quarterbacks. And like the issue is, is that while his O line, not only is his O line one of the worst in the NFL. His supporting cast is terrible. Like you, like you're asking him to make Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter and a lot of these guys look very good. And maybe they look good from like an EPA perspective or like some perspective, like from like advanced metrics. But the thing is, is like it takes there's a lot of contextualizing that really takes place. And this is where like I think a lot of analytical models tend to break a little bit. Is like they're inaccurate in terms of discounting what a lot of these guys can do, right? Like a lot of the discussion around like Herbert's like yards per average is like. A complete red herring because you don't you know you're not really gonna you're gonna heavily or steeply discount him. I I genuinely don't care enough to find a model or like create a model and then go and argue these like facts because to me there's one like there's better things to do in my life. Like I'm like I'm sorry. Like like, this, like I genuinely have better things that I can do. And then two, hmm. I'm never gonna be. 100% right on, on on that direction but I do know for a fact that I will be right in terms of where his improvement comes from hmm, yeah. you know you know you know what I mean like there's so there's like almost nothing to be gained only downside from even engaging in conversations like that <laughs> right right yeah um one question but, I had on kind of the chargers is whether you think that getting Allen and Williams back is going to hurt Eckler's outlook you think it, it should i mean it should it's what happened to him at the start of the season remember when they, they were actually throwing to to the wide receivers and everyone was like up in arms because eckler was pretty dust yeah and now and now he's seeing like 12 15 targets like 12 to 13 targets a game and that's where his like ridiculous terrorists come from right yeah yeah i mean obviously you uh you would expect most of the people who lose targets with williams and allen back are going to be palmer carter uh, guys like this. Uh, he's uh, I think I think Eckler's gonna lose the most of them if they're both healthy. Yeah. I think I think it's an easy fifty percent discount on 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 how much he's getting. Fifty percent discount. So like he is targeting He's still gonna get like six targets a game. That's ridiculous. His targets get cut in half or cut just cut in half. Like he's still gonna get like six six targets a game. He's not gonna get twelve again. Yeah. He's and he's really been seeing a lot, right? Like because they've been using him as essentially a wide receiver for like most part. No, for sure. Which in turn has you know dragged down his dragged down her charge per attempt, right? Like, yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like, there's not like it's one hand feeds the other type of stuff. Yeah, you know the yeah. the, the, the the value in like in like wading into a discussion about that, uh, at least on my perspective, is um, legitimately it's not worth my time. So if you're okay, well, let's have it anyway. If you're <laughs> if you're the Chargers, would you rather be throwing to Eckler or to DeAndre Carter? If you're trailing, probably Carter. Or Josh Palmer. 
Well, I think I think Eckler's got his place, right? Because like yeah. it depends on the play call. But just in a vacuum where you need like a deep play, Carter or Palmer. Yeah. I mean, Herbert's got the arm. It's not, like, it's not like he lost that strength. It's not like he has a noodle arm and he needs to rely on Yak a lot, right? That's no, why. That's, that's why. That's why Mike Williams has been like his go-to guy because he just makes those deep plays and then he, and then compiles Yak, right? That's true. Eckler's just so good with the ball in his hands. It's yeah. I mean, like it's a CMC question, right? Like, right. like, like, like if if you're gonna check down, like, thank God you're checking down to one of the more elite Yak running backs in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before we get out of here, man, uh, what are your thoughts on Thanksgiving slate? Bills at Lions, uh, Giants at Cowboys, Patriots at Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Giants are really interesting if Wandale can go. Um, if not, that probably becomes a little bit more exciting, a little bit less exciting. Yeah. Obviously, you want to see Josh Allen get fully healthy against Detroit. That could be a game with a ton of points. Um, yep. So that one would be pretty – that's definitely a game worth watching on Thanksgiving Day. Um, hopefully Minnesota can bounce back against New England. Um, but Patriots defense can be tough, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm just hoping everybody is happy and safe Thanksgiving, enjoys the games, put some irresponsible bets out there, you know. Just have yeah. a good time. Definitely, yeah. And on that note, uh, we'll call it a night. So uh, unless there's anything else we need to cover. Yep. Awesome. Well, remember to rate and review the Rotoviz uh, channel on YouTube and leave us a wait, rate and review. I don't know. Just do all the things you're supposed to do. Subscribe to the channel. You know, other people say it better. Anyway, have a happy Thanksgiving. See you later. inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply